I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the MTM Podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined once again by Mark Osterman and Joe Chung. And it's been a few weeks since we've had a regular show, so we are going to get back to our normal format and talk all about uh, some interesting things happening in our lives, including Joe's interesting stay at Walt Disney World in the Dolphin and specifically his experience with Bondway customer service. Mark's going to talk about getting COVID and what that experience was like. And Chase has dropped 524, all of that coming up. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe in whatever podcast app you're listening to us in right now, or head to mtmpodcast.com for links to everything. And if you want to dive in deeper into the world of miles and points, check out patreon.com forward slash miles to memories for our Patreon diamond group. So gentlemen, it's good to see you both. How's life been? I got uh, the body glide in the mail for Orlando, Joe. It's coming. Very good. Very good. Hey, you don't need it in December. I know. You never it, know. You never we know. We had to have the joke. We had to have the joke, though. If you go to Orlando, you have to get body glide. That's the, that's the rules I got of the show. It, I, I got it right here. <laughs> audio, audio podcast. I mean, he I'm really sure does. I mean, he's not lying about that. He actually held it up, which is uh, pretty impressive. It's like we planned it, but we didn't. <laughs> Look, man, I always got it within arm's reach. You never know when you're going to need it. Did you guys do uh, anything for Black Friday? I did not. It hasn't seemed to be as exciting these days, and I, I, was, I was just taking a mental break, so I didn't. But I don't know if, Mark, you did anything, or Sean, you're still reselling. What's going on? I bought a couple things, nothing major. It didn't seem like the deals were overly great this year, and which is weird because they said a lot of people flock to the stores. I read an article about that versus online buying, which has kind of been against the, the norm the last few years. So that was kind of interesting to see. I don't know if people just kind of missed the fun of it last year, so more people went out than normal, but... They miss getting up, into fights, you know? I guess. Punching you haven't had a, a physical I watched, fight in a couple of years. Have, have you guys watched 8-Bit Christmas yet on HBO Max? No, is it any good? No. Yeah, it's really good. And there's a they go for like Cabbage Patch dolls in uh, the 80s. And they show up and they're already sold out. He's like, it lasted 15 minutes, man. A lady punched a grandma and they were related. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a good movie to check out. I ended up buying, uh, they had a Chromebook on sale on uh Best Buy that was like $150, normally $350. So I got that for my daughter for schoolwork and stuff and a couple other small things, but nothing major, nothing that really perked my interest. Yeah, just like last year, it seems like the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all these deals started early in November. I know like Walmart had several rounds of this stuff. And what happens is I think they end up spreading out their deals so much that there's less of like noticeable great stuff. I did a lot of shopping for, for reselling like toys and stuff for myself, but I didn't buy a lot of deals. Other than that, I know there was a lot going on with the buyers clubs. Ryan Flanagan, our friend, will be very happy, I'm sure. He put a workout on his credit cards. But I didn't do any of that stuff because I'm strategically buying a lot of stuff for myself for the future. So uh, a lot of uh, different toys. But yeah, I, I haven't noticed things being in such short supply as was advertised in the media. The best deal, of course, is the Del Taco deal. So definitely uh, got to get that one, which uh, Sean always brings up every year. And then I always buy. It's a... Uh... 
buy a hundred dollar gift card, get seven, seven or eight combo meals or something. It's a, it's basically like a BOGO deal. Yeah. You get eight. And I think, I think the minimum value on that is something like 50 bucks for the combo meals. But if you, you know, depending on the combos you get, I think you can get back 70, 80% in value uh, with the free stuff. And they do that every, every Cyber Monday. And this year they extended it through Black Friday. So they actually did it the whole weekend because in the past they had only done that on Cyber Monday. So if you love Del Taco, like yes. Mark and Benji do, <laughs> grab those uh, grab those gift cards. But yeah, it's you know it's been it's been fun. All the typical deals, lots of Fire TV sales. Who doesn't have a, a lifetime supply of Amazon Fire stuff? But that's about as exciting as it gets, Joe. I did buy something. I forgot today. Jeff Body Glide. Cyber- <laughs> no, that's always on sale. Uh, there's a lot of buzz on social media this weekend. It was basically like twenty percent is not a sale. Stuff is always twenty percent off. So don't tell it. Tell us it's your Black Friday sale if it's only 20%, which I guess is true. You know, the, the prices just creep along with the sales. But I did buy, I rebooked, I have some JetBlue flights that are during like vacation weeks here in Boston. So I rebooked them today because JetBlue had like a Cyber Monday sale where you could take $50 off. So I saved like, I do, the price of the flight went up a little bit, but I ended up saving $30 per person, which, you know, for my family of five was 150 Actually, it was round trip. So it's about $300. So that was pretty good. Yeah, I noticed I, I was checking uh, some flights for February and like last week they were fairly cheap. And then this week, like I checked last night and it was seven, eight hundred dollars. So I think like everything just has gone up in travel costs. Like I can't find a good deal on flights lately, which is kind of crazy cash wise. So I don't know. Hopefully they drop back down. But I, I was looking at a couple options and it went from like 90 bucks a person to 320 or something crazy like that. I have also been looking at like cruise fares, uh, getting ready to book something with the Amex offers, like I said. I finally did the Carnival cruise match. I know Nick had written about that on Frequent Miler and uploaded my casino cards. Uh, I think I used Caesars Diamond, M-Life Gold, and then my Win Platinum, and I'm waiting to see. Apparently, a week later, you'll get offers, so we'll see if I get some cruise offers. I'll follow up with everybody else to let them, to let you guys know how it goes, but I am eyeing a cruise the end of January that I'm going to take on Royal Caribbean that I'm going to pay for, use that $500 off, 1500 Amex offer, which I think brings it down to just over 1000 I found a cruise that's like just exactly over $1,500 with taxes and everything. So I'm looking forward to that. But also, want, I want to see how that cruise match goes. Are you are you going to do the cruise match, Mark, or are you, you still not no. ready for cruise ships? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, cruise, the commercials are starting to get me a little bit more in, intrigued, like the Royal Caribbean ones that, with their new boats, uh, their new ships. They look pretty cool, but... I don't know. That's down the line. I'm not banging at the door, knocking down the door to get it. But, oh, I should throw in there. I was able to snag a a PlayStation disc version on, you know, those Amex Platinum coupons came in handy uh, this month with the Walmart Plus, which is still a stupid addition to the card. But a lot of uh, people in the Detroit area were messaging back and forth forth about the uh, early access deals with Walmart Plus. So I signed up today 10 minutes before launch and I was able to get a PlayStation out of it. So I guess... That platinum perk will pay pay off a little bit, but that is one reason to sign up, I guess. I, I wasn't going to at all, but if they keep doing these early access deals, it might be worth your time. I missed the PlayStation 5, but I've done well with some other early access deals. Same reason, got it for free. Might as well sign up for that perk, and hopefully Walmart continues to do stuff like this for, for Plus members, as long as we're getting it for free. All right, let's, let's get into the show as we talked about. Mark, the last couple of weeks, you've been uh, sort of what, hold away in your home, stuck away from society. We've seen you. We saw you on the group podcast last week and, and everything else, but what's been going on? 
Yeah, so it, it, it was like basically uh, March of uh, 2020 all over again in the in this house. But, you know, uh, my my daughter went to a uh, on a field trip and the next week, my son's teacher ended up leaving school early because she lost uh, the, the sense of smell and taste and everything. So precautionary, they were like, she's going to get tested. That class probably isn't coming back for a week or two. And we're like, okay, whatever. And then the next morning, my daughter wakes up with all the symptoms. We do an at-home test. She's positive, so we think they got it on the field trip thing. And then, wouldn't you happen to know, they all, my my wife uh, and my son and my daughter all slept in the same room because she slept in his bunk beds, and my wife passed out next to her when she was laying with her when she was going to bed. So they all slept in the room together. So we knew it was only time. A couple days later, they both tested positive, and I tried my best <laughs> to shield away. But, you know, before we knew it, a couple days later after that, I also tested positive, so... Yeah, that was, uh, you know, like a week-long saga of waiting to get the COVID. Yeah, I know you were always, you know, you're like, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And then it finally happened, yeah. which was like sort of a, a relief to you, I guess, because you had just been waiting so long for that for that positive result. But thankfully, to, to start kind of fast forward, everybody's fine and everything yeah. has turned out well. But uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy, you know you're sitting there like i tried to to segregate as good as as, as much as possible but uh we have a tinier house so we don't really have it's not like we have a basement that i could go just sit in the basement like i was sitting in our our uh bedroom and and trying not to but i have to walk through the rooms they're in and everything and by the time we knew that my my wife and son also had it i had been near contact with them for a day or so so it was what it was but you know luckily the kids you know after a day or two they had a fever they broke it they basically bounced back and within a day or two. My wife uh, got probably hit the hardest and she had mild symptoms, but, you know, just tired. And, and I didn't, I never got a fever or anything, just fatigue. And that lasted about 10 days where you just, you'd feel good in the morning. And then about halfway through the day, you just need to lie down and you couldn't do anything. But we had it a lot better than, than most people do. So that was nice. I guess the vaccines did their job in that aspect of keeping ours pretty mild. Yeah, glad to hear everything was okay. I mean, did you learn anything new from from this experience? You know, for people out there who are, you know, yeah. worried about it or or wondering what it was like. I think the weirdest thing, or the you know, and I wrote about this a bit, is like you know when we knew they all had it, and I was trying to stay away, and I'm a immunocompromised, so I was like the last one that really we wanted to get it. Kind of sitting in my bunker, hearing them laugh and and do normal stuff because they could all mingle together because they all had it and i'm just on the other side of the door it felt really lonely and it, it was depressing like your family's right there you can't go hug them you can't you know watch a movie with them anything but you can hear them all interacting it felt like you're almost standing outside the window staring and watching them and and that's why you know once i did test positive i was like okay at least now we can all be together and go through this together so that was kind of like the silver lining of it i guess but it did feel very much like early pandemic when you're in lockdown and you feel secluded and depressed and and all that. But you're on your own at this time uh, if you're the rest of your family's positive. So that was probably the worst part of it. And even, you know, when it was just my daughter, she was in her room by herself for a couple of days on end. And I felt really bad for her being segregated and and just feeling alone, like watching TV in a room and doing nothing else. And so I think that's the toughest part of it, you know, unless you get a really bad case is just having to segregate and being kind of cut off from everything that you're used to. Well, I mean, even if you do have a bad case, you know, there's all those stories about people who like can't see their families and stuff when they're in the hospital. I did um, over the Thanksgiving break. I saw a couple of friends and at like various events who are like doctors and stuff like that. And I'm glad 
that you and your family are doing well, Mark. But I don't know, talking to people in the medical field, it's really tough for them still. And I think we should be very thankful for all the work that they're doing. You know, the people I talk to work at different hospitals in Boston and in Boston, you know, we're not doing too badly overall, but hospitals are still just crushed with staffing issues and people being out for COVID and stuff like that. So um, even though case numbers and hospitalization numbers may not be as high as they were, I think hospitals are still feeling the pain. So be kind to your medical staff and workers because, you know, they're really doing a great job still. I mean, we don't try to talk about COVID too often on this show because we're trying to talk about you know, other things going on in the world. But since we're talking about it with you, Mark, you know, there is this new variant coming and there's going to be all kinds of reactions to it. We saw the stock market uh, take a bad reaction to it uh, last week. And just even today, as we record this on Monday, the 29th of November, Japan has reclosed its borders to uh, foreigners, uh, to tourists or even the business UK. people. Yeah, the yeah. UK's upping testing requirements and all that stuff. So yeah, it's so there, like it's just a reminder back. that, you know, as much as, you know, we think things are getting back to normal or whatever, that this is such an interconnected world. And we talk about staff shortages and chip shortages and all this other stuff. This is still something that we're going through. And then, you know, something like new variants can change not only what's going on, but also your calculations for travel. As somebody who's putting trying to put together a lot of travel for next year, this always gives me pause because of just different requirements and, and everything else and the possibility, uh, obviously, of... Uh, of different variants causing different concerns and stuff like that. So still a very fluid situation almost two years later as we sit here uh, trying to not only figure out our lives and, you know, protecting our families and everything else, uh, but also the travel aspect of it. Really glad, Mark, that everything turned out fine with only minor, minor symptoms for you guys. Yeah, about travel, I feel like I was mentally ready to plan at least like a Europe trip in 2022, but... I'm not going to say whether I think uh, governmental reactions to Omicron are what should be happening or not, but just the fact that governments react so quickly and they change the rules so quickly has me thinking 2022 is going to be another domestic year. And I know you're not dying to get overseas either, Mark, but I'm, I'm guessing this kind of seals it for you as well. I would love to go international. It's just all the requirements and hoops. And you know, I'm a, I'm a lazy person. Anything that takes extra steps and and precautions and, and research and stuff, I just find very annoying. So <laughs> that's part of the reason I've resisted it, even though this might be like the best time to travel over there ever because of the lower crowds and everything um, for that aspect of it. But it's just like all the testing requirements. And if, you know, we should uh, contract it or if I would getting stuck over there for a couple of weeks with my wife stuck with the kids and it just wouldn't work for us. And it would be kind of a big financial burden at that point. So it is something that I weigh. Maybe we do Canada next year. I don't know. I don't know but I was in the same boat. Yeah, I should like say I was... we might do Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, fine. <laughs> I was in the same boat, you know, like planning either late spring, early, fo- early fall type of trip to, to somewhere in Europe and now it's just like, okay, do we wait to see how this variant plays out before I book anything or do we book? And I don't want to have to cancel stuff. You know, that's just a big kick in the teeth and, and I'm kind of over all that. So I don't know. I'm going to let it play out as I have been and then decide. I guess we can always jump in last minute if we need to. Disney World's never going to turn me away. So I'm all set for twenty. I won't be there. I won't be there. <laughs> Except, for this weekend. Yeah. Except for this weekend. Well, Epcot's not really Disney World, I don't think. <laughs> Anything you can, anything you can find to hedge, anything you can find uh, to hedge it all. All right. Well, let's talk on to to bigger and brighter things. And I think if you asked any miles and points enthusiast what their number one 
wish list thing would be is that Chase would drop 524. You know, there's there's some of us who are lucky enough to remember the world before Chase had 524 and how glorious it was being able to get so many cards and get such easy approvals. And uh, they, of course, for what, many years now have had 524. If you apply for or open five or more revolving accounts over 24 months, you're not eligible to get their cards. But that changed, right, Mark? We woke up and that changed on some cards this past week. What exactly happened? Yeah, so there was reports coming in that the Amazon Prime card for Prime members, which I think currently has a $200 sign-up bonus, once you're approved, they just add $200 gift card to your account. That one is pretty much not 524 anymore. I've I've seen so many positive uh, approvals of people that are, you know, 10, 15, 20 cards in the last 24 months. So for some reason, they opened the gates on that one. So if you always wanted a 5% back card for Amazon, you don't have to go... Track down gift cards, which always, you know, create problems and risk with Amazon accounts. That's a good one. The bonus is, you know, increased right now. And then there was also reports coming in on personal Southwest cards, which are at a all-time high 100K offer. Uh, you have to spend, uh, you know, over 12 months. It's a bigger spending requirement. I think it's 10000 over 12 months. But it's a tiered bonus, uh, but still 100,000 points. And it's the end of the year, so you could roll that into a companion pass next year if you play it right. And then uh, also the United Explorer personal cards. Some people were saying they're getting through on that. There's a lot more denials there. Uh, there's theories that it's based on if you have status with one of the airlines, you might be able to get through. You know, on the article I wrote about it, I got a couple positives and, and just as many, if not more, negative uh, data points for those cards. So if you don't mind burning a, a hard inquiry, you might as well try. You know, the, the bonus on the Southwest cards are about as good as it's going to get. So go for it and then grab an Amazon card if you want that or if you need it. You might as well. Go get it. Get it. Right, I recently got the Amazon <laughs> Business Prime card, which is uh, American Express card. But it is, yeah, just like you said, they load the, the gift card right to your Amazon account. So you don't have to mess around with that and you get that right away. And I've been enjoying the 5% back on my business stuff. I probably should get the personal card myself. Although, like, I still I still try to do Office Depot, Chase Inc. at Office Depot for Amazon gift cards. But when I can't do that, nice to fall back on the 5%. Yeah, for sure. Like it's annoying. It's annoying when you have to make a like an Amazon deal comes up or you want to make a big purchase and you don't have any gift card balance left or or you don't have enough to cover it. And you're like, oh, at least you have that 5% fallback card. You know, I usually just put it on a card with minimum spend at that point if if I don't have anything else. But when Amazon a couple of years ago pulled down all their uh, ways to get gift cards online where you could get five times on gift or stuff like that. It wasn't a big deal, but now you have to plan a little bit better. So it is an option. Joe, you putting it on your list? RIP gift. Uh, I don't know. I just, I know Amazon cards are really lucrative, but I think that's always been just like another one of those things that it's just like one extra thing to worry about. Although I have had a lot of mental bandwidth credit card wise free up in the recent uh, weeks. So maybe I have the bandwidth to take care of that now. One thing that's interesting to me is I like just, Dip below 524. I got the Chase United Quest card with my 524. I also ended up getting the the Capital Adventure X, which I know technically isn't 524, but I was like, while while I'm 520 b- below 524, this seems like a safe time f- for Capital One to finally approve me for the first time in my entire life. Um, and so I've been like debating whether you know I've been considering applying for an American Express personal card, but I'm debating whether to like stay below 524 for now just in case something comes up with Chase or if I feel like getting something with Chase. And so I'm really monitoring this story because if more and more Chase cards seem to not 
do 524 anymore, then I might be more liable to apply for a personal card from another issuer. But I'm just kind of in a holding pattern right now. I'm working on that Capital One Venture X spending requirement anyway. So yeah, I definitely would wait uh, until the rumored ink, uh, the new ink comes out and just see what that is. I wouldn't go above 524 until we see if that that could be a, like 150k bonus or 200k yeah, bonus. Yeah, forgot about that rumor. Good one. Yeah, good call. So I would definitely hold out for that and then decide. And uh, you know, just something to remember: if you do sign up for one of these cards, if you're trying to get under 524 and you jump on the Amazon or the Southwest cards because they're letting some people through, that will add to your 524 count. So definitely consider that before you make a decision either way. Yeah, Chase. Now just get rid of it for all cards and. Life will be good again. It'll be like 2015 again. <laughs> you know, they rolled it out like a month or two before the 24 months was coming up on my Sapphire Preferred application. So I was like, yes, I'm about to get another Sapphire Preferred, going to get a bonus. And then they're like, hey, we got 524. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> double sting. Yeah, the, the good old days of Chase where you could get those cards over and over again, get the bonuses right right when you were eligible again, and not have to worry about the, the consequences. But yeah, I'm excited for it. Hopefully, we get more good data points. It spreads Joe, just like you said, and uh, and life will be good again. I doubt that's going to happen. I just think this. we may see this, though, like occasionally happen with other cards as their co-brand partners want more approval. So it's good to at least see it happening on something. One of the interesting uh, theories is that, you know, Amazon's been fighting with Visa for a while about their fees and they want them dropped and they're saying they're going to switch to MasterCard and all this stuff. So I don't know if that played a role. And I think Chase's contract comes up soon. So maybe they want to puff up the numbers. So that's why they opened it up. But we shall see. If I was a co-brand, I'd be like, let's go. Give it give it out. Let's block this. Because <laughs> you have to buy my point. You buy miles, my points, whatever. I don't care if the people <laughs> uh, don't use the card that much. Like... You're buying that sign-up bonus from me, so let's do it. <laughs> I think it's not quite that simple, but uh, I mean, I'm sure the economics of the card makes sense to what Chase is trying to do, but it seems like a, a blanket sort of rule like that will have unintended negative consequences in some cases. Obviously, Chase is deep enough into this to know what those are, to open the spigot when they can. Uh, let's, uh, let's hope we see it with other cards, uh, like you said. All right, so we're going to go into the part of the show Joe has been waiting weeks to, uh, to talk about because... He's been wronged, and uh, he wants to share all of it. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in the Disney World episode with Leslie Harvey from a few weeks ago. And if you haven't listened to that, it was a great episode where we dove basically into all of the changes at Walt Disney World with all of their new systems. And even some of that information, I think, is out of date, Joe. They've changed even more since then. But we're not here to talk about Walt Disney World. We're not even here specifically to talk about your stay at Walt Disney World, but Bonvoy customer service. But why don't you tell us what happened and... What's the latest in your ongoing saga? Yeah, saga's pretty much over, so I can uh, tell the whole thing. Now, I want to start by saying, because whenever these things happen, people kind of will misconstrue what is being complained about. I'll say right now that, you know, I stayed at Dolphin, which is a Bonvoy property at Disney World with great benefits, um, Disney-related benefits, not normal person-related benefits, uh, which <laughs> we should be clear about that. Now, the stay was not that great, but I do not have any beef with how the Dolphin handled the stay. They could have handled it better, but I'm not going to not stay there again. My beef and the crux of this story is with at M Bonvoy Assist on Twitter, their social media team, which I just I don't respect or appreciate how they handled things. So here's what happened. Stayed at the Dolphin. I was staying there for two nights and the room was pretty bad. I got into the room. Once I've in the room for a little while, I took off my shoes 
and I was walking around and I was like, why does the bottom of my feet feel sticky? This was after walking around without my shoes for like five minutes. So this is while I was still wearing socks. So you didn't have shoes on? No, I, I took like, you know, eventually, like I was like getting ready to shower or whatever. So I had my shoes off, like, you know, on the way to shower and, you know, I didn't, I didn't bring slippers or whatever. Which and you I, just I should. take a step and your sock just kind of sticks a little bit to the, to the floor. Well, he, I had been walking around for a little bit and my sock felt sticky in general. And I was like, why does it feel sticky? And then I noticed that every time I walked over a certain area, it felt like extra sticky. And so I looked down and there were these two, uh, I would say like maybe a half a foot in diameter. Of course, they weren't like perfectly circular brown stains on the ground with like sticky stuff. I hope it was melted chocolate, you know, but I don't know. So taste test. You got to do a taste test. <laughs> so did you did you track this all around the room? Did we have little Joe size footprints all over the so brown? Uh, yeah, so, all over so the it was it was, I think it was more solid than liquid. So even though my socks got a little sticky, couldn't see what I tracked. Of course, I'm sure you tracked stuff. I mean, that's what the whole entire TV show CSI is based upon, right? But I was like, okay, I can't really see it. So I just, at that point, I was like, uh, it was late at night. It's just me on this day. And so I just threw a couple of the hand towels. You know, I have way more towels than I need on the brown stuff. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to deal with it. So what I did was you know sean you told me where did where did you stay where you had to message on the app because there was something wrong with your room oh i think it was at the weston and detroit airport because the line was like eight million people long yeah so sean told me a great tip that you can message the hotel from your bonvoy app so i did that and i was like you know by the way there's like brown stuff on the ground um i don't need a different room just wanted to let you know and i just left it at that now, for a hotel chain like Hyatt, I would feel like there's a better than 50% chance that they'd be like, oh, sorry for your troubles. Here's like a thousand points or something. Bonvoy was like, oh, thanks for letting us know, which I mean, it's fine. They don't have to give me anything for that, right? I, I, that's fair at this point. I'm not trying to like bug them yet. Well, then I go to take a shower. And when I go to take the shower, the first thing I notice is that the bathtub faucet is pointing at me so it is turned so that it's pointing out towards the bathroom so i'm like huh that's weird well i'm not going to turn on the water while the faucet's facing that way of course so i turned it so it faced down into the bathtub like it should (laughs) the fact that i could turn the bathtub faucet (laughs) should have already been a red flag right there but Wait, wait wait so you're you're talking about where the water comes out was faced upwards or faced it was faced 90 degrees. So his face, like, if I turned the water on, I think the water would have shot straight at me. Okay. Oh, you, you know, should have tried face- that. Should've, I know. Should've, but should've I was like, at least I was tried like, this up is- to see, because just, yeah. just in all the fun that you could have. Yeah. Well, so then I turned it to facing down, and then I turned the water on, and the water was coming out of the faucet normally, right? So I was like, oh, okay. So then I pulled up the tab for the shower. Uh, I don't remember if it was a tab or it was a button or whatever, but I pulled the tab up for the shower or whatever, and then <laughs> the faucet just blew off the it just it just blew off the bathtub. It like flew like halfway across the bathtub, and I heard it slam into the ground. And then all that all that's left in the bathtub is this copper pipe sticking out that the faucet was attached to, not attached strongly to, I might add. And so of course the water was not coming out of the shower and It was just like coming out of the copper pipe at that point. Yeah, it's just coming out of the copper pipe. And I was like, okay. And I kept trying to put the faucet back on. I tried to even like, like, this is how committed I was to not changing rooms. I tried to see if I could hold the faucet 
to the pipe with the shower tab up and get the shower water to come out and shower that way because it was like 12 30 a.m at this point so i was like i'm i would rather just shower and like deal with this tomorrow couldn't get it done. Time to get the bath bubbles out and take a take a bath. Yeah, I, I guess I should. I should have. I forgot to bring my bath bombs. Unfortunately, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, I'm. I think I'm gonna get need to get a new room. I've been at Disney World all day, so I was like, disgusting, right? So I need to shower, um, and I, I didn't want to take a bath. And frankly, I don't know. I, I didn't. You gotta wash that body glide off. I do. I, who knows? That shower head might fall onto my head. I want to reiterate, by the way, I don't have a problem with how Dolphin ended up handling all this. So I went to go make a phone call. I picked up the phone. The entire phone console came off in my hand. And like I started walking around the room with it. It was not a wireless phone, I might add. Okay, there was no wires attached to the phone. I looked behind the bedstand. There was no wires to attach to the phone. So the phone was like completely messed up. I'll just fast forward a lot. I went downstairs. I asked for a new room. They gave me a new room, but then I went back upstairs. I like waited for Bell Services to bring me the key to the new room. They didn't come for like 15 to 20 minutes. So I went back downstairs, got the key, finally got to the key to my room. And I was like, yo, this is kind of difficult is there like any compensation you can give me and they gave me 50 bucks which you know on a 250 dollar night stay i guess it's it's fine they gave me 50 bucks like i said i don't think dolphin handled it amazing but i don't have a problem with how they handled it anyway i get home someone complains i think richard kerr complained about how the swan reserve is like overpriced right now which is their new hotel down there and leslie my disney decipher podcast co-host she at me and Bonvoy in this thread. And she's like, yeah, Joe didn't have a great time at the Dolphin either. And so at M Bonvoy of Sis reaches out and they're like, hey, what, was there a problem? We'd like to know about it. Please let us know. So at that point, like me, a Joe, normal they person. They don't actually want to know about it. Let me get, let yeah, me just exactly. tell you. The they just want no, you to I feel know like no, they care. I know now. <laughs> I know now. I know that now. This is why I have beef with them. Because me, a normal person at that point thinks, oh, and you know, I'm used to dealing with Hyatt's Twitter team, JetBlue's Twitter team. Like when they say that stuff, like they actually care. I realize now that Bonvoy just didn't want me to talk about stuff publicly anymore, which again, I didn't bring this up. Leslie brought it up and then Bonvoy reached out to me. So they're like, oh, what happened? Let us know. So I told them all in DM, like what happened? And they're like, okay, we're going to contact the hotel. Give them five business days and we'll let you know the response. Five business days passed by and I wrote back and I was like, hey, I haven't heard yet. Is anything going on? And they're like, we've reached out to the hotel leadership with your request for an update on the resolution. Now, again, me, a normal person thinks that the social media team has some sort of power. And so I was like, they have a form, right? That's what they do is they fill out a form. Yeah. I think they, I think like their power quote unquote is just to tell the hotel, which again, I had already told the hotel and the hotel had already given me compensation. So it's fine. Like I was done with this whole stay. Like I did not want to think about it anymore. It's like you reached out to me at M Bonvoy assist. And so I go to M Bonvoy assist. I said on 1113, you said, quote, we would like to give the hotel's leadership team a chance to make it right with you, end quote, and to wait five business days. And so I just said, honestly, like I didn't know any d- d- better at this point or any differently. I was like, I waited five business days. I haven't heard from the hotel. Do you have any power to make things right? They're like, no, each each hotel is managed separately. And I was like, your team can't possibly give me a few bonus points for compensation. And here's where I was like, you reached out to me. I didn't initiate this. And I copied and pasted like i included the tweet where they said this is what they said to me hi joe we'd like to hear more so we can follow up please dm your feedback including full name of booking blah 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 blah. right like they reached out to me this is what they wrote back to me after i shared that hi joe you posted regarding your room and were asked if you need assistance for that reason hotel management will need to address the issues have a good night 
I was like, how dare you? How dare you? Well, it's clear that it's more important bon for that person to be, for them to be right than it is for them to help the customer, right? I mean, it just seems like they're like, well, technically, Joe, you said this, so this is what we were responding to, not actually trying to help you. We were just trying to, yeah. It's just, there's such a lack of customer service culture within Marriott and Bonvoy, it seems like. And that's frustrating. It sounds very similar to my IHG stay when I stayed at Holiday Inn in Cleveland. And my room was all moldy and mildew and just nasty. And I didn't notice it until 1230 in the morning, one o'clock. And I was like, I'm not going downstairs now to deal with this. I'll deal with it in the morning at checkout because I had rented two rooms and I wrote up about it. But I go down there and the guy's like, well, if you don't tell us within the first two hours, then I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, so you can't do anything about this? So I reached out to their... <laughs> it's because you made the mildew, Mark. Just like yeah. Mark, just like yeah. Sean opened up this, the pipes at Atlantis. It looked like a Jackson Pollock painting on the curtain, like the shower curtain. It was just like covered in it. I'm like, there's no way somebody cleaned this room and looked at this and smelled this and it was like, hey, that's good. Let's go. I showed him pictures and everything. He's like, well, you have to come down in the first two hours. I'm like, what is that? What? What? Okay, whatever. You know, I had two rooms. I just went to the other room. It, it was what it was. I didn't want to deal with it in the middle of the night. So I reached out to their Twitter team and they're like, send us the thing. I send them the pictures. I sell them the details. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll contact the hotel and let them know that they need to talk to you before you check out. I had already checked out. <laughs> so I was like, so you guys can't do anything. They're like, no, we have no power. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I have two main main problems. Okay, And again, I don't have a problem with the Dolphin. Like the Dolphin gave me $50. You know, could they have been better about it? Could they have been more attentive? Sure. But they were busy. They gave me $50. It's fine. My problem is don't reach out to me saying like we'd like to hear more if you have no power to do anything just leave me alone just don't bother me like I'm, i was done thinking about this if your twitter team can't do anything then just don't reach out it's fine okay we can just go our separate ways it's not like i'm never going to stay in a bonvoy hotel again i am never going to tweet bonvoy again unless it's to say something snarky but it's like you know <laughs> just just leave me alone and what made me mad was like i never talked about my stay publicly until Either someone asked me about it or Bonvoy asked me about it. And then they asked me all this stuff offline and then they do nothing for me. And that's when I got mad and posted the thread about like everything that had happened. And then my second problem was I really feel like whoever's working the Bonvoy Twitter, they're basically calling me a liar. They said, you were asked if you need assistance. We'd like to hear more so we can follow up is not asking me if I need assistance. That's saying I want to hear what happened. I didn't need your assistance. Okay. I never asked for your assistance. You said we'd like to hear more. Me, a normal person thought you'd wanted to hear more i thought that's what you meant but you didn't you're a liar whoever was running the twitter team that day just you know just (laughs) don't bother me they should have just said like hey we'd like to hear your story so we can pass along the feedback but we don't really have just say hey there's not much we can do but we'll pass along the feedback to the hotel to make sure they're yeah i was taking that too that's just about expectations and again have a good night how dare you how dare you how dare you have a good night me (laughs) Don't don't have a good night. I wonder. I wonder if the initial response is a is a bot just finding mentions of Marriott on Twitter and just sending that generic response to I everybody. Because it's that's really a, it's usually pretty quick that they they hit you up. That that's a good point. But change that bot still, message. Then the bot still said what it said. Okay, so don't call me a liar. That's all I'm saying. No, I mean, right? and just who do you have representing your company on social media? And we I've seen these messages, and yeah, they were very rude, Joe and. They don't make a lot of sense. And what's the what are they trying to do? Are they really trying to resolve problems? Or to your point, they're just trying to make Marriott look good on social media by taking you offline and trying to get your complaints so that people don't see them. 
I don't really know because aren't they really there to provide customer service? It certainly doesn't seem like they did that. And it just sort of reiterates why uh, a lot of people don't like Marriott Bonvoy. I mean, this isn't an isolated example. A lot of people have customer service issues just like yours. Well, jokes on Marriott Bonvoy, because little do they know that I'm on this niche podcast, Miles to Memories, and thousands of people are going to know that their social media team sucks. So take that, Bonvoy. Pretty sure everybody already knew. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Exactly. It's, it's, not, it's not as much clout as you think it, as I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to get a DM from them again on Twitter and be like, yeah, we heard your podcast and have a good night. Anything else to add, Joe? We, we, so all of that, and you're still going to stay at Marriott Bonvoy Properties. So it seems yeah, like they swan, got you right where they want you. Book. I have a swan stay booked in, in January, the uh, sister property at Disney World. I just want to be clear again. The Dolphin, it handled it fine. I wouldn't say it handled it great, but it handled it okay. I just think the overall customer service, it is 2021. Like your social media team, it should be like your nicest, most empathetic, caring people. And they should have like a little bit of power. Like I understand if the social media team only has limited power, but if it only has the power to contact the hotel, like we can contact the hotel ourselves. We're savvy enough to do that. So I just think it's it's the modern day and age. The social media team should be more polite and at the very least not be snarky to its customers. All right. We do have more to talk about with companies that are contentious with their customers, though, in our rapid fires. American Express has perhaps been no more contentious than any other bank. I mean, they've been crazy with the way that they go after customers. We talked about them shutting down accounts and after people had used one of their employees to apply for a special offer. And I guess what? Some people are getting their accounts back, right, Mark? Yeah, so we've gotten numerous reports of people able to get, originally it was business accounts, they were able to get those back, and then now people are able to get personal accounts back too. It requires a lot of uh, persistence. You have to call a lot, uh, chat, call multiple days, multiple times, trying to get, and then you'll just randomly, I guess, get a person that knows what they're doing or has the power and gets it set up and gets your accounts back. So that's good news because a lot of these people, you know, they had only signed up for the business platinum one time and it was their first time it would just happen to be a better offer from a banker which we've seen often in the past so they didn't know anything was out of sorts and uh you know amex just did a painted with a wide brush and shut them all down so that's good news uh, you know i don't know if th- this whole situation is kind of stemming from their issues they're having with their uh their business department in american express there's been multiple ar- articles about some stuff they've done like shady tax sales that they were trying to promote to people that knowing that they were fictitious and uh you know propping up and signing up for cards that people didn't want stuff like that it's been in the news over the last year or so so i don't know if they're just trying to cut off anything they can and they did this to try to like oh this was kind of under you know not above board so let's just shut it down and let people fight back for it but uh good news is people have been able to get their accounts back open so just stick with it if, if you're one of those people Yeah, it's utterly ridiculous that they shut it down in the first place. But now that it's just randomly, if you, you know, if you chat with enough people or you talk to enough people, you'll get it back. Like this is, I don't get it with American Express. Obviously, I'm a customer, get value from their cards. I've had good experiences, bad experiences, but I just don't understand the management, uh, what they're trying to do here. If you're going to give people their accounts back, give them back. Uh, If you have problems, fix it. Just stop blaming the customer. But I guess this is good news. Really glad for everybody who got their their cards back. Any news on if they're getting their bonuses and things like that as well? Uh, I have not heard, you know, specifically anybody that's been able to still 
get the sign up on us. Uh, people have been able to confirm on chat, but as we've seen, sometimes Sam like says stuff on chat and and then doesn't always honor it. So it, I guess we'll know in the next month or so if if that's accurate. But hopefully, you know. And the weirdest thing was they shut these people's accounts down and then then didn't give them any of the annual fees back. And some of them like had just paid an annual fee a couple weeks before, which I find very crazy. Hopefully people are able to get those accounts back open and, and get the perks for the annual fee they paid. Amex loves their customers until they don't. I guess that's it. All right. And uh, Joe, what you got? I want to uh, talk about my favorite company, Marriott Bonvoy. <laughs> they uh, settled a lawsuit and have agreed to include the resort fees in the room rate, which just means that when you are searching on the Bonvoy website, I'm not sure when this is going to go live, but they have to show now the actual price that you're going to pay, including the resort fees. I think for people like us, we knew always to click through and make sure we saw how much the resort fees were at the end. But I think it'll be good for the general consumer for that price to be there up front. And I did not hear, do you guys know, like, are all hotels going to have to do this? Or is it just Marriott right now because they lost that lawsuit? I think there's other pending lawsuits, but I don't think there's any legislation or, or anything that's going to require it at this time. There are there have been bills in Congress that have never gotten past committee, and uh, I don't think that this is uh, going to affect anything but Bonvoy right now. All right, well, you can check out the article on the site or just go to Merritt's website, and hopefully they're showing the those full prices already. What about you, Sean? Mine is uh, a good article by Benji this week, solid cards that he has zero plans to obtain. And I like highlighting it just because it's a good reminder that you don't always have to chase after those deals that everybody else is getting. You know, VentureX comes to mind recently, everybody wanting to apply for it. And that's actually on his list. He explains why he doesn't get it along with some other interesting cards that are good cards, good deals, but not a good deal for him. And, you know, FOMO is a real thing in 2021. So always good to, to remind us to stay in our own lane. Benji always does a good job of reminding us of that. It's a great article. Definitely recommend reading it. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me screaming at M Bonvoy Assist on Twitter at As a Joe Flies is my Twitter account. You can find all my social media stuff there and all my other stuff linked from there. What about you, Mark? You can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Uh, you can email me Mark at milestonemories.com. You know, comment on the website. I'll get back to you there. Join our Facebook groups. I'm always there at public profile, so you can send me messages. Hopefully, I see them because Facebook, if we're not friends, always puts it in that weird uh, folder that sometimes I miss. But uh, you know, lots of ways. How about you, Sean? This weekend, you can find me in Epcot drinking around the world with uh, the MTM Diamond Patreon crew. No, it's I'm looking forward to that. We're all going to be in Orlando this weekend uh, for our Patreon Diamond meetup. And if you're interested in more in that group for our quarterly meetups, Miles and Points Talk, Slack, Facebook, private content, patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. And for this podcast, all of our posts, videos, head to milestomemories.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Breaking news, the Mets overpaid for Max Scherzer. <laughs> hey, old Tigers cast off. I know, that's why that's why it's relevant. $130 million for three years. Oh, he's gonna be hurt. At least it's only three years. years. At least it's only three. Yeah. All right, we should get to the real stuff. And the social, it is 20,000, 20,000, it is 2021.